to the Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, we are going to talk about trust fall. So what is a trust fall? Well, trust fall is the game you played when you were a kid where one person or two people would stand behind you with their arms out. You would have your back to them. You would close your eyes and fall trusting that they will catch you. But what happens when they intentionally let you fall and crash to the ground blindly knowing that it will hurt you. Well, that describes the act of betrayal. And so what do you do when you've been betrayed? Well, I'm here to tell you today that there is a prophetic answer to how to deal with betrayal. And it's also very practical. Let's use David in the Bible as our example. Psalms 55 Scholars say that David wrote that because of the betrayal that Ahithophel, his top advisor, who betrayed him and sided with Absalom when Absalom rebelled against David. And David was stabbed in the back, so to speak, by his closest friends. You know, people experience all kind of betrayals. There can be betrayal in the workplace. There can be betrayal uh, with a spouse. There can be betrayal with a close friend. And the betrayal, I think, that stings the most, though, is betrayals that happen inside of the church with brothers and sisters in the Lord in the trusted place of church who betray us. And then how do we go forward when there is a betrayal? Well, let me read an excerpt out of Psalms 55, and then I've got 10 simple points to just walk through these with Scripture. Some of these are practical. Some of these are right out of the Scripture. But I believe all of them will encourage you when faced with betrayal. You know, when someone lets you crash to the ground, knowing it's going to cause you harm, that's a deep betrayal, and that's very difficult to move forward from. Uh, Psalms 55, and I'm going to pick it up in verses 12 through 14 out of the King James. It says, and this is David speaking, For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me, then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man my equal, my guide, my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together, and we walked into the house of God in company. When we have these kind of betrayals, it cuts so deep, and it can be so difficult to have trust again. But I'm here to tell you that God will take care of you. He will restore your trust. Now, It may not be with that person, and we'll talk about that as we go forward, but you will be able to trust people again, and you will be wiser. You will uh, let the Holy Spirit guide you through that process, and I'm here to tell you that you can regain trust in people. And so we'll go forward with all these points, but number one, I want to go slowly through these points, and hopefully it won't take too long. Number one, you need to recognize the breach. Give yourself time to recognize what has happened, to wrap your head around it, and that is is the first step in healing, and that has to only come 
through the Lord. And it's a process. Uh, Let me give us a scripture for that. Also out of Psalms 55 and 16 and 17, it says, But I call to God and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning and noon, I cry out in distress and he Here's my voice. So your first step is to recognize the breach, taking it to the Lord for healing. And this is describing the very act of prayer. So number one is just simply prayer. Understand what's happened. Take it to the Lord. That's who you pour your tears out to. That's who you you kind of rant to. And you, oh, Lord, this is not fair. You know, and, you, and you take it to the Lord like that. And you, you pour all that out on him. Take that anger, take that frustration, take that hurt, that disappointment, and give it to the Lord. He says, cast your cares on Him. People are not designed for stress. You are not designed. Your body is not designed for stress. And so prayer is a way that we take that off of us and give it to the Lord and let Him be the one to heal us. That should be our first step, just prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And I'm telling you, based on this scripture, based on what David is saying, the Lord hears you. And listen, the Lord is not foreign to persecution. The Lord is not foreign to the things that we have been through. In Matthew 26, he says, Jesus Jesus knew the pain of betrayal firsthand. He knew that Judas was going to betray him for 30 pieces of silver. And in Matthew 26, he says, even my own familiar friend whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Wow. So Jesus knew what you have gone through. And you know, it's I'm going to say this too. There's definitely times I've been betrayed by friends and friendships and and people who are close to me, you know, family members and you know, we've all experienced different levels of betrayal. But uh, when it's a friend, especially a Christian brother or sister, man, that cuts so deep. But Jesus knew what that was like. But you know what? He did not become vindictive. He did not become bitter. He did not become angry. He did not play the victim. No. Jesus did the opposite. After receiving the the betrayal kiss of Judas, you know, I think of the movie The Godfather, Jesus addressed Judas uh, later in verse 50 as his friend. Wow. Because as far as Jesus was concerned on his side of the street, he had been a friend to Judas. Now, Judas may not have been a friend to him, but Jesus had been a friend to Judas. And the same with David. David had been a friend to Ahithophel. But Ahithophel, he had not been a friend to David. And listen, there was a lot of, if you go back and study the story of Absalom and the rebellion of Absalom, which, by the way, is is very similar to the Jezebel spirit. We might do a whole podcast on the Absalom spirit one day. And usually that's at the core of a trust betrayal. But an Absal- Absalom was poised to have a coup against David and to take over his kingdom, his throne. And he used the people closest to David and he targeted them and told them what they wanted to hear to accomplish his goal. And Ahithophel fell for it because he thought, if I position myself now with the new king coming in, Absalom, you know, then maybe I can live. Because a lot of times when a king would take over a kingdom, Uh, you know, through a coup, then they would 
kill anyone who was disloyal to them. So that, that was him looking out for himself and jockeying for position at the expense of David and David's trust. So point number one is to you know recognize the breach and then take it to the Lord. Healing can only come through the Lord. Now, that can come in various ways. Number one can be through the scripture. Number two can be the Holy Spirit guiding and leading you through that process. But you've got to take it to the Lord. So number one, prayer. That sums up number one, prayer. Number two, you are going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to make a lot of decisions when this happens. You know, when, when this line is breached, then you have choices to make ahead of you. Sometimes the relationship can be restored. If you have a covenant with that person, maybe it's a spouse. That's usually the best way to go to, to look for restoration uh, sometimes you may have to push that person at arm's length. Let me explain that. So I, I use the te- the template of the temple often because it is a paradigm equal to the flesh, soul, and spirit represented by the outer court, inner court, and holy of holies. Well, I believe we have levels of relationship also. You have these three levels of relationship. Jesus had the multitude, he had the disciples, and then he had the three. And we can use that as a model for us. We have many acquaintances, and then we have sort of that next level of people we call friends, and then usually you have about three people who are your close confidants. And so if someone is your confidant and they betray you, you may need to move them to the acquaintance level. That's the reality of their choices that they made on their side of the street. And so you may, you may have now to make a decision about what you want to do going forward. But I will include this, and let me read the scripture to demonstrate this point. First Peter 3, 9 says, Do not repay evil with evil, or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to do this, you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. Wow, there's a lot to unpack there. If you want to have continued blessing in your life, then you are going to have to Man up, be bigger, forgive that person, whether they earn it or not. Now, as far as repairing the relationship, that's a whole nother story. Some relationships don't necessarily need to be repaired, or like I said, they may need to put be put into a different category in your life. Let me also give you this scripture, Matthew 544. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You have to, as a believer, as a Christian, you're going to have to forgive this person and you're going to have to walk in love with this person. And that's the cold, hard truth because Jesus died on the cross for them the same way he did for you. And that part is not negotiable. Now, what kind of relationship you have, if any at all, with this person going forward. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to make decisions. But I am going to say that we'll move to point three. And that is grace has to enter the equation. And that's a hard thing. You know, this is so much easier said than done. We sing so many songs about God's grace and grace. Uh, But if there's going to be any kind of repair at all, and even if there's no repair, 
you're going to have to walk in grace. Let me let the scripture speak for us. This is Romans 12, 14 through 21. It says, bless them that persecute you. Bless and curse not. You can't walk around calling them a dirty dog. You can't walk around telling everybody how wrong they done you. You can't walk around being a victim or being angry. You know, you, you have your moment, but you take that to the Lord. When you're when you're out and about, you're not going to go slander their name and talk bad on them and tell everybody how bad they've done you. That's that's not okay. And later in verse 21, it says, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And so this will just preach this will this will keep your side of the street swept clean because you're only responsible for your side of the road. And so you're going to have to forgive and give grace. It doesn't mean you excuse their behavior. It doesn't mean people get a pass. It, it may mean the loss of the relationship. That may be, you know, the consequence that comes with this action. But this is how it is. And then uh, let's move to number four. So let's say you do want to have a, a restored relationship with this person, or at least uh, on the acquaintance level, you want to be able to associate with this person. Maybe they're a family member where you have to be in proximity or a coworker, or, you know, something along those lines. So here's what, I, if you do want to have a restoration, I would say set conditions for the repair and then communicate them Clearly, and oftentimes that means very simply. So you may have to set set some conditions. You know, the ball really is in your court if they want to have restored relationship. If you've chosen to chosen to forgive them, then the ball really is in your court as to what kind of relationship, if any at all, that you will have going forward. And like I said, you may be moving them in your mind out of the confidant box into the you know friend or or acquaintance level box. And that's something that you can do and that you decide. And I'm going to say you pray about that. Maybe seek counsel from your you know, person that, that you trust that's a leader in your life. Maybe your small group leader, your pastor, whoever. Seek some godly counsel and then make that decision going forward. And so you're going to have to communicate too. You're going to have to communicate what what kind of relationship or what the conditions are for that relationship. And then I'll move into our next point, and that is to be patient. This is not going to be, you know, an overnight repair. This is going to be something that's going to have to take time, that it's a process. Go slow. Let's let's let people repair, give them an opportunity to repair, but it's start with small things. Let's, you know, give it an opportunity, give people an opportunity to show their trustworthiness before you trust them. And so take it slow. Uh, One way is to uh, Proverbs 423, guard your heart. You need to guard your heart. That's important. And so take it slow, take it one step at a time, slowly let your guard down over your heart with that person. And that's a process. And so you should scale your relationships with people and give them opportunities to be trusted rather than just giving them all your trust at once, which is not wisdom, especially when there's been a breach. And so it's going to take time. And let me just prepare you. It may take a year. It may take years. And so if it's a relationship worth repairing, worth salvaging, then 
be committed to the process and be patient. Patience, that's a fruit of the Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit will have to lead you in that process. Uh, the next one is John fifteen fifteen. Trust is earned. And so that's a two-way street. Like I said, you're only responsible for your side of the road. And trust is something that you earn. And so you are going to have to go slow, let that person, be, you know, let that trust be reestablished over time. In John fifteen fifteen, it says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. And so even Jesus kind of made this clear to the disciples and to some of his followers. He, he said, I'm trusting you now because of this proven relationship with my intentions and my thoughts and my motives and, and what I want to do. And so he opened himself up to the people he considered his friends. And so let that process play out. Let's move to the next point. If you choose to forgive someone, and I mean a sincere forgiveness where they've apologized, you've hashed it out in conversation, and you tell them, I forgive you. Once you've done that, you can, especially if they are working on their end to clear things up, you cannot continue to bring up the past and remind them of how they broke your heart or hurt you or betrayed you or, or what. You can't do that. If you've forgiven them, then you have to let that go. There may be consequences that remain, and that's understood, but you have to let that go. You have to allow them the opportunity to repair the breach. And it really kind of depends on the breach. If it's a massive breach of betrayal, and that's going to be difficult. That's going to be a tedious process. If it's something small, that, that's, that can be dealt with more easily. But you cannot keep throwing up the past. That is counterproductive. That is repaying evil with evil. That is not the way God is having us do this. And then number nine, I want to move on to this point. You know, you can't be a doormat. You can't allow people to abuse you or to constantly lie to you or betray you. But having said that, trusting someone again is not always like a naive choice. Actually, that can be one of the most brave choices because you know this person has the propensity to be betray you. And so you know that it's a risk to trust them again. But, oh, the reward that can come from taking that risk. You know, love is a risk. It's a risky business. Jesus loved us when we were not lovable. And so when you decide to make the brave choice to trust someone again, someone who has let you fall and crash to the ground and it brought you hurt, just like in that trust fall test, and, and sometimes people do that knowing it's going to hurt you. That's difficult to come back from. But if their heart is repentant, if you have truly forgiven them, if you have allowed the Holy Spirit to guide you in the process of restoration, it can be so rewarding. And so you have to take a chance on love. And that's scriptural. That's what Jesus did. He's modeled that for us. And then I want to move to my final point, that forgiveness sets us free. It doesn't just set free the person who lets you fall, 
who betrayed you, but it sets you free. It sets you free. Even you, the person who who you didn't do anything wrong, but it can still bring freedom in your life. And Mark eleven twenty five, it says that our forgiveness of another's betrayal is a requirement to receive God's forgiveness. Jesus said in, in Mark eleven twenty five, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your father in heaven may forgive your sins. Wow, that's pretty strong. And so we have to choose to walk in forgiveness. Now, how we repair that breach is a process and that that uh, the consequences remain and we have to decide, you know, where where do I want this relationship to go going forward? But it can be restored. It can't with God. All things are possible. You can have restoration, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to take the long way around, but it will come. And I thought I would close out the podcast with just maybe a personal story. And uh, maybe this can help someone. I had a situation a couple of years ago where someone in church, uh, this person was in the ministry, and they had deeply betrayed me deeply betrayed me Uh, later I found out for their own personal gain I didn't understand it at the time but they they told a lie on me and they betrayed me and it was very painful and it caused a breach and when it happened I had a phone conversation with this person and I told them you know because this has happened I want you to understand that our relationship going forward will have to be limited I laid out the the deal. Here's what we can talk about. Here's what we cannot talk about. I, I gave this person grace, unmerited grace. And they did not want to continue a relationship for whatever reason. And that was very difficult. But you know what? After that happened, I, I got off the phone. I, the person was angry with me. It was clear that this relationship was not going to go forward. And when I hung up the phone, I prayed about it. And I just, I, the Lord gave me such a release. And the Lord, you know, gave me a peace in my heart to just let them go. Now, I didn't go unfollow them on Facebook. I didn't run around. I didn't run around talking about what had happened. I confided in two people about what had happened. Otherwise, I kept my mouth shut. I decided to not look at their Facebook. I didn't unfollow them. I just didn't really look and pay attention to anything. And I, I began to just distance myself. And within six months, God brought me three other friendships that were such a blessing in my life. God really took care of me in that season. And so it's okay. And then later, uh, several, a couple of years later, I had an opportunity where I bumped into this person at a Christian uh, event, a, a special event that I went to, and they happened to be there. And uh, they were sitting behind me. Um, I, I just kind of had glanced. I'm like, oh, there's so-and-so. Wow. And uh, so I was sitting in my seat praying inside my mind to the Lord. And I just said, you know, Lord, if if you give me an opportunity, help me to do to do the right thing, to take advantage of that opportunity. And if not, Lord, I'm just going to let it go. And so the the minister got up and did his announcements and everything. And he said to turn around and hug your neighbor. Well, that was my opportunity. So I turned around and I hugged this person 
And uh, they were kind of resistant and stiff, but I think it kind of surprised them that I did that. And, and that was our only interaction. We didn't have any conversation or anything like that. But I know that God allowed that in my life because when I left that evening, I prayed about it and I got in the car actually, you know, when I was by myself and I was like, Lord, what was the deal? What just happened? <laughs> and the Lord told me, he said, you demonstrated love and forgiveness to that person and, and your side of the street is clean. And so I know that because of that, the Lord, you know, continued to bless me in the area of relationships. And so that's just something I wanted to share with you. I want to share one more story with you that where I saw I was a witness to a, betra- a deep betrayal uh, within the church. And I saw how devastating that could be just how destructive betrayal can be when, you know, trust is uh, I, I, there's no other word I can use other than just sacred. Trust is sacred, especially inside the church. And so when you see a breach and trust like that, it's so difficult to watch. And so I saw a, a deep betrayal within the church and I was witness to that and prayed about it and. And I know that the that when we do things the right way, when we do things according to the prescription in the Bible, that God will bless us. He will restore unto us better relationships. Or if that you choose to have a restoration with that person, that can even be better. And I just have you just have to. It's a faith walk. It's a faith journey. You have to trust the Lord with betrayal, and so uh, it makes me go back to that little game you played when you were kids called a trust fall. You know where you would cross your arms and you would close your eyes and your back is to people, and they have their arms out to catch you, and and just the feeling of security, knowing someone is going to catch you, that someone has your back, that someone is there for you, because that is what we're called to do as the body of Christ is to be brothers and sisters in the Lord that you can trust. You know, the Bible talks about bearing one another's burdens. Well, you can't do that in an environment where there's no trust. Uh, Years ago, I went to a small group and um, I got very discouraged because it seemed like in the prayer request time, you know, let's pray for sister so-and-so. We heard she got pregnant. You know, I mean, not exactly, but that's an exaggeration. But to give you an idea, that's not okay. That's not how prayer requests work. That's not how small groups should work. Uh, It's not a place to conceal gossip in the form of prayer requests. And so trust is important. It's vital. It's essential inside the body of Christ and within relationships. And so I just wanted to take a minute to to talk about recovering from betrayal. When someone uh, lets you fall and and lets you crash to the ground, knowing it's going to cause you harm. You know, here in the South, we say that uh, people will stab you in the back. But in the South, we dip the knife in honey before we stab you in the back because we'll say, bless your heart and sweetheart and things like that. But The actions don't line up with the words. And so it's almost worse. It's a a form of hypocrisy. And so betrayal, God can heal you from betrayal. And God can heal the relationship if that's what you desire to do. And I just wanted to bring this up and talk about this prophetic strategy of applying the Word of God and letting the Holy Spirit supernaturally guide you 
through this process that God can heal you. He can restore relationships if that's what you want. And if you don't have restoration in that relationship, then you trust God to supernaturally, prophetically bring better relationships into your life. Because God is a good God. He loves us and He's concerned even with the relationships we have in our life. But you also have to be a good steward of trust in your relationships. And so uh, if maybe you're the victim, maybe you're someone who's been betrayed before, well, let this be an opportunity to check yourself to be a good friend. The Bible says to have friends, you have to be a friend. And so I say it this way, be the kind of friend that you want to have. And one of those most important elements in friendship is trust. And so cultivate a culture of trust within all the relationships that you have inside of your sphere. And I know that God will bless you. And always know that the Holy Spirit will never let you fall. He will never let you down. He will never let you crash to the ground. People are imperfect, but we serve a perfect God. I hope this blessed and encouraged you today to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. God loves us. He wants to take care of us. He wants to bless us. He wants the very best for us. You have to believe that. And so you be the kind of friend that you desire to have. Have a blessed day. For listening to today's podcast. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.